to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein. I am your host. I'm a narcissistic abuse life coach. We have a very special show today. I am joined by my life partner, Lauren Epstein. Lauren agreed to come on to talk a little bit about what it is like to be in a relationship with someone who struggled with familial narcissistic abuse growing up, had severe childhood wounds, and went on a healing journey. So Lauren, thank you so very much for coming on today. It is an honor to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yes, again, it's uh, such a special thing to have you here, mostly because ultimately you have stood by my side throughout my struggle with having wounds of childhood and going on the healing journey. And, you know, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being there constantly throughout this journey. Uh, At times, I personally felt like I could not go on, uh, that I really didn't have the strength and the courage, but you always were there with me. And I just want to say thank you uh, for, for really being in my life and being a part of this journey. Thank you. So I want to start off with a question. First of all, what is it, what is it like to be in a relationship with someone who, like I mentioned, has severe childhood wounds? I grew up in a very narcissistic family, very wounded, uh, and ultimately you inspired me to really do a lot of the healing work that I have done. What is it like to be in a relationship with somebody who has been wounded and struggles to heal those wounds? I think really more than anything, it's it's just confusing. It's really hard to have an understanding of the childhood trauma that you've gone through and to really understand the depth that it it plays on you and your psyche and just in all aspects of a relationship and you as an individual. I mean, it's like I could see two parts of you. I saw the yitz that was the person that I fell in love with and the person that I love today. And then there was this other side of you and it was hard to know who I was with and who I was in a relationship with. And I couldn't understand that they were two sides of the same coin it really felt that they were two different people um and as I spent more time with you and I started to learn more about your struggles and your past it was it was so clear to see that there was the side of you that was the person that I know you are and then there was a side of you that was just the traumatized side of you that had been really taught to not trust people um and it was hard to kind of integrate those two different personalities into one person and understand that In order to love you as a whole, I had to not only take the good from you and the easy easy parts of you to love, but to also really um, nourish the other sides that have been traumatized and do my best to try to support you in your journey, which is a really, really difficult path that you went down. Sure, absolutely. And what you're describing is what we refer to as narcissistic splitting. And I myself was very confused by the sort of shattered parts of myself the split parts of myself in order to survive in childhood, being raised in a narcissistic home, I had to, in a sense, divide myself into different people because uh, there was a part of me that had to uh, sort of do what I could to survive and fit in, and the part of me that I had to, in a sense, deny from my consciousness in order to survive and and assure that that part of myself didn't uh, rock the boat in the narcissistic family dynamic. Um, So let me ask you this question. There are times where I will admit that I was extremely narcissistic, uh, arguably what we would call a narcissist. And of course, I didn't realize I was being narcissistic. This was very much sort of patterns that I developed early on. But being on the receiving end of tendencies of my own that were, in fact, narcissistic, what was it like to be mistreated in that way? And how did you see past the abuse or the tendencies, I should say, Uh, to see that below the surface there was in fact uh, a human there and somebody who actually was simply hurting uh, and not see the negative mistreatment as who I was personally. It it was hard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
I mean, it it's hard. It's hard to love someone and to be treated really poorly to feel that, you know, the first thing that I would always do is was blame myself. I wasn't loving enough. I wasn't patient enough. I wasn't giving enough. I wasn't supportive enough. It was always I statements. And on the flip side, I didn't want to always say you're doing this and you're doing that, but I am feeling really hurt in these situations and really kind of taken advantage of and neglected and not loved and not valuable and not good enough. And just these, these really negative thoughts and feelings would come about. And again, going back to like the split, um, narcissistic split that you were talking about earlier is it really would be like in one moment you'd be loving and I'd feel that support from you. And then another moment I would just feel completely abandoned. And it was like, what did I do? And you would tell me you did nothing. This doesn't have to do with you. And it's like, but I'm, I'm the one getting this. So it was, it was painful to not have a solution, know that there's nothing I can really do in the situation to make anything better other than to support you. But I don't actually know what support you need. So it's just, it's again, confusing and, and painful. Um, but I guess in terms of like, how did I, how did I deal with it was, I mean, there's only one kind of solution to it. And that was that you were willing to work on yourself and that I saw that you were working on yourself. And I mean, that's kind of like the only reason that I kind of could deal with the hardship is because I knew it was a long process and it's an ongoing process. I mean, let's be real. We all have our issues and these are things that we're all going to be working on together forever, um, all in our own, um, areas. But it was that I could see that, okay, you, you messed up or I got hurt or something didn't go as planned or how I would hope it would go in our relationship. Um, and I mean, we've had a lot of ups and downs, not like to pretend that we have some perfect background here, but, um, that I would see that, you know, you would come and say, you know what, this was, this was wrong. I did X, Y, and Z and I'm sorry. Or I, if I approached you about it, you would actually listen to me and not just say like, okay, I'll do better next time on this very surface level response, but you really would take the time to assess it. And I think that that's like the most important part of it is that you were willing to get to the root of the issue, not just, oh, she wants a gift on her birthday. So I bought her a gift. It's like, why do I want a gift? Because that's an expression of love and my love language is spending quality time and taking that really um, in-depth approach to the relationship, even if it was, I'm sure on your end and you've expressed it, a really challenging and um, kind of dark process to get through because in order for you to be there for me in the ways that I wanted, you had to approach all of the different um, narcissistic kind of wounds that you have. Um, that was kind of the only way for me to get through it was, okay, I see that he's making progress and no, the progress is not as fast as I want, meaning I wanted the progress to be like I'd blink and magically things were a fairy tale, which is not how narcissistic recovery works. Um, I'm sure you know that more than anyone, but um, it was really just your effort that made it worthwhile. Like, okay, there is an end in sight. There is progress being made and really taking um, time to celebrate the small victories that we've had along the way. Just if we had one good day together, that's worth celebrating. It doesn't need to be that every day is a fantasy, but that we had a, a good morning together or we had a fun time at the park or those small victories are really what made it doable. Absolutely. And it's it's for those who are in a relationship with uh, a narcissist or as someone who is narcissistic and they are struggling with it, they may have narcissistic tendencies, you know, from my experiences and ultimately from my personal uh, relationship, you know, with yourself, it's, it's, 
it's a struggle because you do things that you yourself wish you didn't do or you have your urges or tendencies to do things that are narcissistic and you don't necessarily want to be this way but if you have those wounds uh, it, it's it's again it's very difficult especially these relationship patterns stemming from childhood it's hard to not necessarily fall back into them uh, and for those who are in love with or in a relationship and loving somebody who is in fact wounded in, in this struggle it's brutal because you do want to help you want to step in you want to be there uh, and be a support but ultimately if you're getting hurt if you're getting mistreated then you have a choice to make. You can either stick around and and fight with the uh, with the suffering individual, or or you do have to, in a sense, protect yourself. So throughout this process, Lauren, what would you say are some of the some of the most uh, important lessons you learned in in dealing with uh, you know someone who has these wounds? Uh, what would you tell somebody else who was in a relationship with someone who they are in fact trying to support, uh, see the good in them, and and really uh, understand they're they're fighting the good fight, but they are struggling. I mean, I think I should be like very clear that I don't encourage anyone to stay in a relationship that's unhealthy for them in the way that they themselves are becoming codependent and not supporting themselves in a healthy manner. I, I, I think that there's a lot of ill advice out there that just says like support the person, they're on their journey, but that can be really, um, I think, unhealthy advice for, for couples and for individuals that you can only support someone who's willing to support themselves and who's willing to really face the journey themselves. And at the end of the day, you can only support a person who is going through their journey if you yourself are in a good, healthy mindset. I mean, throughout our whole relationship, I've constantly, you know, talking to therapists and having a really strong um, social circle with friends and family and, and doing my part of journaling and self-care and getting, you know, alone time and getting the quality time with you and this you have to kind of create your own if you want to call it like diet (laughs) for the relationship to know like what it is that works for you and also knowing that like you know right now I might be really stressed with work or school or personal situations or whatever it is and I can also see that you're going through a situation on your own because something maybe has triggered you or um, whatever it is and it's okay for me to tell you that I cannot support you in this way and also it's important to know that I am not your therapist, I'm your partner. And in order to properly support someone when they're on their journey, you have to have your own boundaries in place. So I I think that that was um, the hardest thing for me to roll because I'm a caretaker. I wanna just fix it and like make it all better and pretend that I have some you know magic little potion that's gonna just make everything um, perfect. And that's just not how things are, obviously. Um, so I think for anyone who's really trying to support someone and if you are you're brave and um i really you know send you love and support because that is a challenging journey and no one will know it better than someone who's gone on it themselves and um you just need to remember that you need to make yourself a priority and you will only make the relationship stronger by making yourself you know and your values and your necessities a priority um but it's hard to do that because then you start to feel selfish and that you're neglecting your partner who needs the support. But um, in the narcissistic recovery, um, the narcissist will always, or the narcissist um, wounds will always need more. They will be this like draining well. And it's important that you are not the only source to fill that emptiness. Um, and on the backside of that, you need to always be filling yourself back up so that you're not ever running on empty because that just creates a really negative cycle for you and your partner in the relationship. Absolutely. Perfectly well said. Thank you so much. You obviously stuck around with me 
and you very well easily could have walked away at times when I was in fact uh, sort of in, entrenched in these tendencies. What made you stick around as opposed to leave? You know, many people say get out, run away, get away from the narcissist, and ultimately I believe that I am uh, a little bit of the exception to the rule from my experiences and what I've seen. It seems like most people who are who have these tendencies, who have these wounds, uh, it's a struggle to change, and oftentimes they do not want to make that choice. But what about me, I guess, uh, uh, or what would you say to others who are in relationships with narcissists or narcissistically abusive people at times to uh, either stick around or leave? What is the deciding factor that kept you around, and ultimately, what would you suggest towards others, whether they were thinking of staying or leaving? I mean, it comes down to the person who's wounded or the person who has um, narcissism themselves that are they willing to admit that they're struggling with this? Are they willing to admit that they have these wounds? Are they willing to face this really ugly monster in the face and, and fight it? Because this doesn't just magically go away. You can't just say, actually, I don't have these wounds or actually I'm not a narcissist and actually everything's fine. These actuallys don't exist. And the only way to be in a relationship with someone who has these wounds or has these tendencies is if the individual themselves is able to be honest. And that's a really scary thing to do, to look in the mirror and say, yes, I have these tendencies, or yes, I'm narcissistically abusing my partner, or yes, my parents aren't what I had hopes that they were, and they actually really abused me narcissistically as a child, and I have these wounds because of it. Um, that's That's honestly like the main factor probably like the only foundational reason as to why i would stay in a relationship with someone of this way is because i saw you admitting the traumas that you had from your youth and facing them head on every single day seeking out professional help using mind map with dr judy like these different processes got you to where you were but only because you were able to really stand still face them head on and get the help that you needed if you wouldn't have done that i mean it's really game over i can't i can't force you um to get better that's really has to be an internal decision that you make on your own 100 percent. you know there's so many different things that i tried to heal to help me uh it wasn't that i didn't want to is that i didn't have the awareness necessarily of what to do uh there's not a whole lot of uh, methods out there not a whole lot of techniques uh, that really are proven to help heal your wounds of childhood, your narcissistic wounds, and help you overcome being narcissistically uh, abusive and having narcissistic tendencies. And I did become aware of the mind map therapy system, which I applied to myself and ultimately the system that I use to help other people. So you have an insight of me before the mind map and afterward. And if you ask me, I think uh, it's night and day, but what are your thoughts on the difference between what you've seen based on the yitz before he uh, experienced some of the mind map therapy system and, uh, and and how it's affected his mental health and ultimately my health. I mean, I hate to point out some like negative, um, you know, distinctions towards other healthcare professionals, but I think a lot of people like to think that they're helping people. And I think that a lot of people in the mental health field are actually um, traumatized and have a lot of their own wounds on their own that they're um, trying to heal in other people, but they haven't actually faced <laughs> um, in themselves, which is a really scary thought that you're trusting someone with your psyche in this way. Um, and I know that seeing you, you were seeing a therapist for years before we had met and when we had met. And I know that there was um, lots of different attempts and you know methods used along the way. And honestly, it just felt like 
a waste of time and a waste of money that you were you were going there to get support and <laughs> that the healthcare professionals who were helping you, the therapists and the psychologists, they couldn't even understand the narcissism themselves. They couldn't understand um, the trauma that you had been through. And so it's kind of um, the blind leading the blind. You're coming with you know some insights that you've had firsthand experiences and they're not even able to understand what you're saying. Um, but I know when you finally saw Dr. Judy and used the mind map, it was just this click like, oh my gosh, we are finally getting to the root of this. We are understanding that this isn't something you did. This isn't something that you can even just kind of take responsibility for on your own. You first have to really get to the root of it and work through all the different panels that she has. And I, I just saw like panel by panel as you worked your way through this just enlightenment start to take place and really finding the source of the issues and able to pinpoint it. And I think that it's so hard in mental health. We're, we're going looking for answers and you go. And if you're not getting those answers that you want back, it, you're just feeling more lost. You're feeling more distraught, feeds into that anxiety and depressiveness. And it's just this really um, negative cycle that starts to form. And then you spend more time in the therapist office and more money. And you're just like, what are where are you going in your life and what are you doing? And I felt like with the mind map, it was so easy to see like, oh, you're on panel three now. And this is this is, you know, a really monumental moment and here's what you've overcome and here's what you've learned. And then we'd move up to the next ones. And it was so um, insightful and inspiring for me that I got to see like panel by panel that um, you were really making the progress that we had been striving for for years and you were doing it in a matter of weeks. Um, not like it's some miracle drug again, but it's it's if you're willing to put in the work, it, felt, it feels like this is the system that actually helps you break it down and to pinpoint what the issues are and to really address the issues so that you can finally start on a path of recovery rather than just sitting in a um, normal therapist's office and just venting about your issues. You're actually solving them. Love it. Well, thank you for, again, for being by my side and, and supporting this whole process. It is a brutal journey to overcome wounds of childhood. A lot of the insights that I share throughout my podcast are from personal experiences and ultimately what I learn from working with other people. And you're right, a lot of people enter into the mental health field in order to help heal themselves. Uh, oftentimes it's an unconscious attempt to overcome what they've been through through other people. Uh, the way I see it is, is that when other people come and they have an issue or a wound, uh, it gives me insights into my wounds and ultimately oftentimes the advice that I give is advice that I need to hear myself. So uh, Lauren, I want to thank you so much for not only sticking by my side, but uh, always being a beacon of light for me uh, and inspiration and giving me the hope and courage that I desperately needed throughout the darkness. Because like I said, this is an absolutely brutal journey for anyone who is wounded in childhood and is looking to overcome their wounds of childhood. I'm deeply aware, intimately aware of how dark it can get. Uh, but please also understand that if you want to heal, there is hope and there is uh, there are resources out there, there's tools, there are people who care, and um, so I want to thank you again for, for, for sticking by my side in my darkness, because for me it was brutal, but I can only imagine for yourself having to uh, ultimately fight for, for the one you love and, and care about. It's, uh, it's a brutal journey, so again, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I mean, I, I can't imagine it any other way. <laughs> And thank you guys so very much for, for listening to this episode. If you are, in fact, struggling with a wound of childhood, if you are struggling with a narcissistically abusive past, 
Uh, if you are even struggling with relationships, uh, even as recently as adulthood, where uh, you are in fact wounded, being wounded by a narcissist, please understand that healing is so much more than possible. Becoming healthy, becoming whole, I am living proof that this is very much possible. A uh, life of fulfillment, living your dreams, living your passions, and being an inspiration towards others. Uh, living your best life is really very much possible. Allow me to uh, help you in this process by doing the mind map therapy and uh, doing this system so you can ultimately apply these tools to your life and become the healthiest version of yourself. So thank you, Lauren, one last time for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been, um, it's been really great. Of course, my pleasure. And thank you all for listening to today's episode. Until next time, all the very best. Thank you.